Welcome to Living Life Church, where we are committed to loving God, loving people, and living life. Now here's Dr. John Barton with a powerful message that will help you live life the way God designed. I'm beginning a new series this month um, entitled Breaking Barriers. Breaking Barriers. And uh, while I was praying and preparing for this message, um, the first part of this message sort of took a, a, a turn, sort of took a shift, and God began to just give me more insight of what he wanted to share for the first part. But um, how many of you realize that this is our breakthrough fast? Every Wednesday, uh, we started in July uh, all the way uh, until August the 15th. We're doing a breakthrough fast. And some powerful things have been happening by way of the Spirit throughout this fast. And God has been speaking to me profoundly uh, about things that he's getting ready to do in this church. And um, as I continue to renew my mind to it and, and renew my heart to it, I have to release this word because every fasting season is an opportunity to prepare for what God is getting ready to do. Amen. Fasting is not a legalistic activity. If you're fasting based on legalism or, or, or self-righteous uh, reasons and that's your motivation, you're not fasting according to the New Testament way. But anytime there is a fast, uh, that, there is, that means that there is a preparation. Say preparation. preparation. It is a positioning. As we talked about um, last uh, Sunday or Sunday before that, we talked about the breakthrough principle. And the breakthrough principle is simply just realizing that if there's going to be a breakthrough in your life, you have to position yourself for the breakthrough. If you are not in position for it, you will not experience it. Very simple, but it's quite profound. If you're not in position for promotion, you will not be promoted. If you are not in position for the blessing, you will not be blessed. If you are not in position, amen, uh, to do what God has called you to do, you will not do what God has called you to do. Why? Because you're not in position. You're not in place. And one of the reasons why we fast here at our church is because we understand that fasting helps us to position ourselves for what God is getting ready to do. Amen, somebody? And he began to speak to me about the breakthrough, um, and it's something different. He said the breakthrough pertains to new levels being reached. I want you to write that down. The, the breakthrough pertains to new levels being reached because I want you to think beyond uh, the mundane. Some of you are like, God, if you give me $2.50, that's my breakthrough. No, no, no. I'm talking about something greater than that. I'm talking about something greater uh, uh, just for yourself. Remember, every blessing that God brings into our life is not just for us, but it's for us to be a blessing. But this breakthrough that God revealed to me is about reaching new levels, new dimensions. Amen. And, and I want to share with you some things that's going to happen when we reach these new levels. And, and this word came to me. When you experience this breakthrough, it's going to be sudden and dramatic. It's going to be sudden and dramatic. See, many of you have been waiting for God to manifest those things that you have been praying and believing for. But as you position yourself for it, 
as you position yourself for the breakthrough, it's going to happen suddenly, and it's going to be dramatic. In other words, it's going to get the attention of those around you. Hallelujah. Amen. And God also put this word in my spirit. It's going to be a never-before-seen breakthrough. A never-before-experienced breakthrough. Now, those of you that have faith and those of you that are already there with me, you can give God praise for the suddenlies that's about to take place in your life. The breakthrough that we have been positioning ourselves for, watch this, it also involves tapping into new discoveries. It also involves tapping into new developments, new territories, new markets, new frontiers. What, what are frontiers? Uh, a frontier, it just simply represents uncharted territory. It, it could be a remote piece of land or uh, a new field of study. Uh, but if someone calls it a frontier, it means that you're, you're challenged uh, to, to begin to discover some new things and to explore that area. So God is about to give us some new frontiers, new inventions, new innovations, new achievements, and new spheres of influence. I'm going to say it again because I believe this is a prophetic word, a word that is relevant to your life, a word that is relevant to this church and ministry. The breakthrough that's about to take place in our church and in our lives is going to catapult us into new levels, new dimensions, sudden, dramatic, uh, never-before-seen things will begin to happen. And they involve tapping into new discoveries. Say new discoveries. It involves tapping into new developments. Say new developments. It involves tapping into new territories. Say new territories. It involves us tapping into new markets. Say new markets. Uh, I, I, I like the uh, new markets. One of the things about new markets is that we're going to begin to reach people we have never reached before. Hallelujah. That's what this church is doing, reaching people. We have never reached before. People are hearing about the vision of Living Life Church and they're being influenced and they're being impacted, whether it's physically or whether it's online. Amen. We're reaching new markets. Amen. We're tapping into new markets. Uh, we're tapping into new frontiers. We're about to explore some new things. We're, we're coming into new inventions. You are coming into new inventions. The book of Proverbs calls it witty inventions. Things that other people have not thought of, God is going to inspire you with it. Amen. And it's going to make you a multimillionaire for the kingdom. And if you're offended by that, I'm sorry because that's what God's getting ready to do. Amen, somebody. New innovations. Say new innovations. New achievements. Say new achievements. And new spheres of influence. Say new spheres of influence. That is the breakthroughs that we are about to experience. Those are the breakthroughs that we're about to tap into and that we are about to see manifest in our lives and in our church. Now, what I want to talk about throughout the course of this new series Although we understand that we have to position ourselves for the breakthrough, we understand that these breakthroughs 
uh, require us to come or is calling us to go into new levels, new dimensions. I want to share with you, however, that there are barriers that the enemy has designed, the enemy has created to try to stop you from reaching, amen, these new spheres of influence. Anytime um, the enemy senses that you're getting ready to do something significant for the kingdom, he's going to create a barrier to try to prevent you from doing what God has called you to do. Amen? There are barriers that he has created that's designed to keep you from experiencing uh, these breakthroughs. And, and uh, this month's series is helping to equip us in how to break those barriers. See, when you come to church uh, in this 21st century, the times that we're living in, uh, we are not to do church as usual. Uh, coming to church is about coming to get equipped and it's about coming to get empowered for what God wants to do in your life. If you have any other agenda but to connect with those of like precious faith and to get on uh, the bandwagon of the kingdom, that's the only bandwagon you should stay on. Amen? Don't get off that bandwagon. Tell your neighbor, say, don't get off that bandwagon. But if you have any other agenda but to come together to get equipped for kingdom purposes, then your motives are not conducive for the things that God wants to do in such a, for such a time as this. I believe that people are coming to church not just to be entertained. The entertainment era of church has ceased. That's a good place to clap your hand. People want to be equipped. People want to be empowered for destiny, for purpose, for what God has designed to take place in their life. And so you have to understand that, yes, God has a plan. He has a, a, a purpose for your life. He has breakthroughs that he wants you to experience. But there are going to be barriers that are going to try to prevent you from going into these places. But the, the, the series, the teachings that are going forth, amen, not just this month but every month, are designed to help us to break the barriers of the enemy. How many of you are ready to see some barriers broken in your life? So what is a barrier? If you're taking notes, we're going to let you know what a barrier is. And you can just look with us on the screen. A barrier is a fence or obstacle that prevents movement or access. Number two, a barrier is a circumstance or obstacle that keeps people or things apart. Number three, a barrier um, is a structure that prevents or hinders movement or action. And then the last part of this definition for the purpose of this series, a barrier is something that blocks the way or makes progress difficult. Is everybody on board with that? Let's look at it again. What is the barrier? A barrier is a fence or an obstacle that prevents movement or access. A barrier can be a situation or a circumstance or an obstacle that keeps people or things apart. You know that loved one, that divine connection that God has for you? The enemy is going to always try to create a barrier between you and your divine connection. Between you and that person that God has brought into your life. 
a barrier is going to be, uh, uh, can, can be a structure that prevents or hinders movement or action. See, God wants us to be people on the move, and he wants us to be people of action. By the way, God blesses people of action. When God says, do this, and you do exactly what he says, amen, there's a blessing on that obedience. But the enemy is going to try to create a barrier to keep you from obeying God. Why? Because the blessing is not upon the idle person, the person that is uh, not going to be disobedient, uh, the person that, that chooses to be disobedient with what God is telling them to do. The blessing is upon people of action. And I believe in this generation, God is calling us to be a, a, a generation of people that know how to move. But in order to, to be a generation of movers and shakers, you, you cannot continue to dwell upon past monuments. Things that God has done in the past, yes, it has worked in the past, and we thank God for what he's done in the past. But this is the generation of them that seek him. And although the message of God has never changed, his methods do change. And with those methods, we must be willing to move in the direction that God is telling us to move. Can you say amen to that? But uh, um, a barrier will be something that will prevent or hinder your movement or your action. And then a barrier is something that blocks the way. Something that blocks the way. There's something that's blocking your breakthrough. There's something that's blocking your progress. There's something that's blocking, uh, amen, you from entering into this new level, this new dimension, this new regime, whatever name you want to give it, praise God. There's going to be a barrier that's going to try to prevent you from moving in that direction. But I want to declare the enemy as a liar as he's always been. The barriers that's been over your life are about to be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Can you give God praise for that? Um, another thing about barriers, a barrier could be a rule or a policy or a law that makes it difficult or impossible for something to happen or to be achieved. Many of you, you are, are bound by rules and, and, and these policies and these regulations that's preventing you from obeying God and doing what God has called you to do. I have seen over and over again um, in my life and in my ministry, uh, rules broken. Now, can I tell you something? Not every rule will be broken. Not every policy will be broken because rules are designed to keep everything in order. Rules are designed. If there are no rules in this world, there were no policies or regulations, this would be, I mean, the world is already chaotic as it is. But without these things, uh, it would be even more chaotic. But I have seen certain rules, policies, and regulations broken uh, in my life and in my ministry. Why? Because when God has ordained something, amen, and you say yes to what God has ordained, God is not going to allow man's rules to stop what he has ordained. The government was getting ready to set a rule that a road was going to come through this property. And they were going to set a policy that we, the church, had to pay for it. But how many of you know God switched that? He shifted that. He changed that. 
And so that rule or that policy was broken uh, in, in our favor. Can you give God praise for that? I'm still celebrating all God has done. Some of you have rules and policies of man that's keeping you from doing what God has called you to do um, in, in the area where he wants to, to release uh, you into that next level, into that next dimension. And there's a barrier. Uh, a barrier could also be a problem that prevents people from coming together, that prevents groups from coming together. That prevents people from agreeing. That prevents people from communicating. That prevents people from working together. Why can't people work together? Why can't people come together? Why can't people uh, uh, walk in love towards one another? Because there are barriers that the enemy and that people have cooperated with the enemy, uh, amen, have created, and these barriers are preventing people from coming together. There are different types of barriers. There are spiritual barriers. There are religious barriers. These spiritual and religious barriers are designed to keep people from experiencing the grace of God and all Jesus has, amen, died on the cross to give us. These spiritual barriers, these, these religious barriers keep people in bondage. It keeps people in bondage. So spiritual religious barriers, there are cultural barriers, Amen. The enemy designs uh, 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 things within the culture to keep people from coming together. Uh, there are racial barriers. There, there are racial, it's, it's so much racial tension that's happening even in our nation. And these barriers are preventing people from coming together and walking together. Amen. And walking in love. That's the barrier that, that's going to come down in Jesus' name. There are language barriers. Uh, language barriers, not just because you speak English or someone else speaks another language, amen, but there are language barriers, communication barriers, amen. Some of you have communication barriers in your marriage or in your relationships or in your family, amen. You're speaking one thing and they're speaking another and, and you're not coming in, into agreement and so there are barriers. These barriers are designed to, to bring you further apart. Am I talking to anybody here today? But those barriers will be broken in the name of Jesus. And then there are people barriers. Sometimes the enemy will use people to try to stop you. Amen. The enemy will try to use people to try to get at you. To try to say things about you. To try to throw darts at you. Amen. And these are barriers. Some of you cannot come into your new dimension, into your new level because of people barriers. Am I talking to anybody here today? Amen. But those barriers are coming down, and they're going to be broken in Jesus' name. And how, as I have ministered last week for the John Barton Ministries Destiny Experience, how is it going to happen? It's going to be because of the anointing. Everyone say that. Say, because of the anointing. I don't have time to rehearse that, but what is the anointing? The anointing is a burden remover. The anointing is a yoke destroyer. So the anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. And so to experience new dimensions, to experience that new uh, level and to break down these barriers, you're going to need uh, a breakthrough anointing to manifest in your life and in your situation. How many of you are positioning yourself for the breakthrough anointing, the breaker's anointing? 
God's going to go before you. He's going to make the crooked places straight. He's going to make the rough plains smooth. Amen. When the breaker goes before you, you don't have to worry about. You don't have to stress about. You don't have to get beside yourself about anything. Just let the breaker go before you, and the breaker is going to correct and bring into order everything that is out of order. Why? For the purposes of the kingdom of God. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. The breakthrough anointing will penetrate every barrier, say every barrier, barrier. that's trying to keep you back from your new level. Every barrier that's trying to keep you back from your next dimension. Every barrier in your life is about to be broken down, amen, because of the anointing. I wish somebody had faith and expectation because it's going to happen. You don't have to worry about people getting in your way. The barrier is going to be broken. Hallelujah. I said, you don't have to worry about people getting in your way because the barrier is going to be broken. See, you can either get with me or get out the way. Because if you don't get out the way, you're going to be ran over because this train is coming through. I don't mean no harm. Amen. But look at your neighbor and say, you better use wisdom. Get with me or get out the way. If you're a rapper watching it, you can, you can write a song with that. Amen. Just send your offering to Living Life Church. Because I'm coming through. Now look at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to begin at verse 13. And so we see here that Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, just another part of the region where he was ministering. And he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some uh, Elias, and others Jeremiah's or one of the prophets. But Jesus said unto them, but whom say you that I am? How many of you know, amen, if you're like me, you don't care what outsiders are saying. But you got to be concerned about what people are saying in your circle. Come on, somebody. You need to know how to check your circle. And I'm just modeling what Jesus said before. Jesus always examined his circle. And if you don't examine your circle, your your circle of friends, your circle of close people that you confide in, amen, your team, your squad, uh, whatever name you want to give them, Jesus wanted to know within his circle, who do you say I am? And immediately, they begin to to tell Jesus about the chatter that they were hearing. Well, people say that you're this person, that you're like this person. And notice, they were comparing Jesus to something, amen, that was in the past tense. And that's how people do today. People will try to compare a present movement to something that is in the past. John the Baptist was beheaded by this time. Elias was taken up. Jeremiah, all the prophets of the Old Testament, they had died. And so people, they don't understand, people today don't understand how to embrace a new thing. Why? Because their only point of reference is the old thing. 
And if you ever want to miss your breakthrough, you just stay, amen, dancing around the mountains of things that are in the past. Jesus said, yeah, I understand what the outsiders are saying, but who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who do you say I am? If you love me, if you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to be a follower of me, who do you say that I am? Because we cannot go any further in ministry. We cannot go any further. We cannot progress any fur further. Uh, uh, you know, uh, um, as long as you have this barrier of, of not knowing who I am, do you realize that when you don't know who somebody is, that is a barrier? And you'll never progress. Any further with God if you don't know who he is. Your, uh, your knowledge, your religiosity, your, your, your belief system, your religious belief system or your worldly belief system about God can be your own personal barrier that's preventing you from going to the next level. And Jesus is letting his disciples know, yes, I have a plan. My father has given us a plan, and we're on a mission, but we cannot go any further until I know who do you say that I am. Who do you say that I am? Now watch this. And Simon Peter, big, bad Simon Peter. Now, if you read in the, in the Gospels, Peter had, he had some issues with himself. P Peter had some cussing issues. When Jesus was being betrayed and, and they asked Peter, are, are you a Christ follower? He said, no, I'm not. I don't even know the man. They asked him three times. And after the third time, Peter lost it. <laughs> now, some of y'all laughing at Peter, but you know, there's a time that you have lost it. When people have pressured you over and over with the same old question. Come on. But see, God can use you despite your weaknesses. God can use you despite your faults. Don't let anybody say that you got to get it perfect before God use you. As long as you're yielded, God can use you. And so Peter is coming to a, a point of yielding where, where something can take place in his life. Peter, Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ. Everyone say the Christ. The son of the living God, the Christ, the Greek word is the Christo, amen. The Christo, he is the anointed one. Say the anointed one. You are the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And then verse 17 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, Blessed or empowered to prosper, empowered to win, empowered to succeed, are you Simon, son of John. That's what Barjona means, son of John. Jonah, son of John. Amen. He said, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, uh, Peter positioned himself to receive a, a revelation of who the Christ is. And notice what happened. He says, uh, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth. Well, whatever God wants to happen, it's going to happen. Glory be to God. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound 
in, in, in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Now, how many of you can say, based on the revelation that you claim to have, based on the word that you claim God gave you, how many of you can say that I have experienced, amen, and have received the keys of the kingdom of God based on this revelation? In other words, I have access into the ways, into the purposes of God, into the things of God based on this revelation. Everything or every uh, uh, revelation that, that, that people in church is calling a revelation is not a revelation. Everybody today is claiming to have a revelation. Come on, somebody. But what is your revelation getting you? Well, everybody just think, think I'm spooky. Everything, everybody just think I'm the, 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 the prophet or prophetess, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm gaining followers because, you know, this and that and the other. But, but no, no, what is your revelation getting you into, getting you access into? You see, see, because of Peter's revelation, Jesus gave him some keys. And when you have keys, keys means access. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And so uh, uh, Peter, because of the revelation of who Christ is, amen, uh, he is the anointed one. He is the Mashiach, the Messiah. He is the son of the living God. He's not the son of a dead God. He's the son of a li the living God. Because of this revelation, Peter got the keys. Now, when you get the keys, that means that you have the propensity to become the driver. You have the propensity to, to, to get access into something. Tell somebody, say, you're about to get some keys. Come on. Not only that, he said, you are Peter. You're no longer this shaky uh, uh, Christian, this shaky disciple that's in one day and out the next, amen, falling apart, uh, uh, you know, uh, today and together tomorrow and then falling apart and together you're shaky like the, the reed. He said, no, you are Peter. You are Petra. One, one translation of Peter or Petra is, is like the rock of Gibraltar. You're strong. Because of the revelation of who Christ is. Because of the revelation of who uh, uh, Christ is. And he says, you are Petra, and upon this rock, this revelation, I will build my church. I will build my church. Now, the church is not a building. The church is a people. The ecclesia. The called out ones. Do you realize because you are in Christ, you are part of the body of Christ? And do you realize God has designed it uh, that, that way so that we can begin to, uh, 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 you know, work together and unite together and believe together and give together and accomplish the mission of God together? Why? Because we are the body of Christ in the earth. Jesus loves his church. Now, there may be people that may try to excommunicate you. There may be people that may try to write you off. And there may be people that don't want to fellowship. People don't like fellowshipping, but they claim to be a Christian. There's no way that you can claim to be a Christian and don't like to fellowship with God's people. There's no way. Jesus says, I love my church. I love my church that I gave myself for. 
I came down to, to, from heaven to earth, and I, and I bled uh, for her. I died for her. I went to church for her. Amen. The church is personified as, as a female, uh, according to the scripture. Jesus loves us so much. Not only that, Jesus is so committed to, to, to having a relationship with us that he's going to, amen, commit to building us so that we can be all that God has designed us to be. He said upon, amen, but here's the, here's the thing, upon this revelation of who I am. If you don't know who I am, amen, then you become powerless uh, uh, to be all God wants you to be. But as long as you know who I am, you may not even know who you are right now. But as long as you have the revelation of who Christ is, oh, he's my savior, he's my healer, he's my provider, he's my, he's, he's my doctor, amen. Uh, the old saints should say he's a doctor in a sick room, a lawyer in a courtroom. Come on, somebody. He is everything to me and so much more. And upon the revelation, that revelation, I'm going to build my church. Can you say Amen. And he says, um, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we see here, this is a picture of not a weak church. This is a picture of not a, a just get by type of church. You know, so many times we have this picture of Jesus painted in our mind that Jesus was just wrestling and toiling with Satan uh, when he went to the grave and when he went to hell. Amen. And I'm telling you, it, it was a close call. Jesus came out of hell. Uh, his garments was busted. His lip was busted. His eye. And he's like, I finally got the keys. That's the picture that some people have of Jesus. But that's not the picture. That the word of God paints of Jesus. We serve a victorious king. Yeah. Satan's defeat was no match for Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus told us, he said, in the beginning, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Yeah. When he rebelled, that's how quick he left. Satan was defeated in, in heaven. He was thrown out. Uh, Satan was defeated on neutral territory, on earth, in the wilderness. Amen. He was defeated. And Satan was defeated on his own home turf. Now, you know that's bad when you're losing on home court. Usually on home court, the, 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 the home team has the, the, the advantage, right? Satan lost on home court. Why? Because he is no match for Jesus. He is no match for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so this is a picture of a triumphant church. We are a triumphant church. We are a victorious church. Come on, somebody. We are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. We are the lenders and not the borrowers. And although that confession hasn't manifested in your situation yet, just keep on confessing because eventually it will. Amen. So it's a triumphant church. And it's a picture of a triumphant church breaking through the gates of hell. Breaking through the gates of hell. Now, the gates of hell simply signify the enemy is on defense. I want you to look at this scripture differently than how you've looked at it before. 
And maybe I've taught on this before, and maybe not, but if not, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Many times when we see this passage of Scripture, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it, we've always seen the church in defense mode. But this Scripture is not talking about the church being in defense mode. It's talking about the church being in offensive mode. Come on, somebody. See, that's one of the things that God has given us as the ecclesia, the body of Christ. It's time for us to, you know, yes, yes, we're going to be on the defense where the enemy is concerned, but it's time for us to be on the move. It's time for us to get on the offense. Can you say amen? Amen. And so it's showing the church being offensive, but it's showing the gates of hell being defensive. Why? Why is that so important? Because the enemy doesn't want you to have access into what God has already given you. As a matter of fact, what God has given you, the enemy has, uh, you know, he, he just has a temporary lease on it until you show up. Oh, I wish I was talking to some kingdom people. That the enemy's... Uh, design, amen, his, his goal is to try to stop you from coming into these new discoveries. It's to try to stop you from coming into these new territories. It's to try to stop you from coming into these, uh, uh, th- these new revelations, these new frontiers, these new inventions, these new innovations. And God says, I have designed you to possess the land. And so the enemy knows, oh, she's coming. She's coming to take over. He's coming. He's coming to take over. And so if I can just try to stop them from coming in... Come on, somebody. If I can bump your neighbor and say, you need this word. If I can try to stop them from coming in, I can hinder them from possessing all God has ordained for them to possess. Come on, slap your neighbor and say, the devil is a liar. But once we come into the revelation of who Christ is and who we are in Christ, we begin to have this understanding of that we have authority and power over the enemy. And I want you to see this. It's so important that you understand that if you are in Christ, you have power over Satan. Say, I have power over Satan. And everything that Satan comes to bring in your life, you have power and authority in Christ. Now, outside of Christ, you don't have any power. But in Christ, you have power. Say, I have the power. So once we come into this revelation of who Christ is and who we are in Christ, we will start operating in our God-given authority. And watch this. We're going to begin to start breaking through the gates of the enemy. Now let me just talk about this for a little while. The gates in Genesis chapter 22. There are two instances. There are two instances uh, where there is a promise that Uh, we are going to possess the gates of our enemies. And in Genesis chapter 22, this is right before Abraham 
uh, right after Abraham has offered up his son Isaac on the mountain of uh, Moriah. And Abraham comes down from the mount. He listens to God. I don't know what that rubbing is. Am I good? Are y'all good? All right. Let me just make sure. Uh, he comes um, after this sacrifice, after this offering up Isaac, he comes away from the, the mountain. And, and God, amen, begins to promote Abraham, if you will. But God begins to bless Abraham. And watch this. In Genesis chapter 22, right after the Lord provided this sacrifice for the life of Isaac, he says this in verse 17. He says, because you passed the test that in blessing, I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply, watch this, thy seed. Everyone say thy seed. seed. Now say my seed. Now, here in this verse, he's talking about Abraham's descendants. He's talking about Abraham's offspring. In blessing, I will bless thee. In multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. That's how multiplication is going to happen in the life of Abraham. It's going to be multiplied like the stars in the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. Now, how many of you know that's multiplication? That's the multiplication system, the multiplication factor kicking in. And... uh, Thy seed, watch this, shall possess the gates of his enemies. Now, why is this? Verse 18. Verse 18 says, um, And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. So here's a promise. Are oh, you listening? Say amen. Abraham receive the blessing. The blessing is the empowerment, the endowment, the anointing, supernatural ability. And because of that blessing, he said, Abraham, through you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. And that blessing is going to bring increase to you. That blessing is going to bring multiplication to you. That blessing is going to bring power, significant influence. That blessing is going to cause you to come into new territory. That blessing is going to cause you to come into new frontiers. That blessing is going to cause you to come into new spheres of influence. And that blessing will cause you, in verse 17 it says, to possess the gates of your enemies. Now that's powerful. I said that's powerful. Now just a couple of chapters over in Genesis chapter 24, There was another prophecy of this sort that was given, but uh, it was uh, given to Rebekah, who at this point in time was Isaac's future wife. And um, as Abraham sent his servants to find his son a wife, amen, how many of you singles wish it was just that easy? You can just send somebody to go get your your spouse, (laughs) amen. Uh, Send the Holy Ghost to go get him. He knows exactly who's best for you. So they went out to get Rebecca. I don't have time to go into that. But uh, when they, the family was sending Rebecca out, look at Genesis chapter 24. Go ahead, turn there. Genesis chapter 24, verse 60. Yes, verse 60. Chapter 24 of Genesis is a long chapter. And uh, it's, it's, it's specifically about Isaac finding his wife, Re- Rebecca. How many of you know, you singles, that sometimes it might take a long chapter for you to find Just stay within that chapter. God is able. 
But when they were sending Rebekah out, because they, uh, Re Rebekah was chosen to be Isaac's wife. In verse 60, it says, they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, thou art our sister. Be thou the mother of thousands of millions. And let thy seed possess the gates of those which hate them. So we see the promise of the blessing was for Abraham, and the promise of possessing the gates of, of, of the enemies was for Abraham. But remember, what was for Abraham was not just for Abraham. It was for Isaac and Jacob and all the descendants. Isaac found his wife, Rebekah, who had the same prophecy spoken over her life. And they were going to bring Rebekah to Isaac. Now, there was a promise of possession in Isaac, amen, and that promise of possession in Isaac met the promise of possession in Rebekah, and two promises, two prophecies married one another. Oh, glory be to God. Can you imagine the increase, the multiplication that was upon that union? Why? Because both had prophecies that brought them uh, together, and it was specifically to operate through them, and it was for their descendants. Do you realize what God joins together, what God brings together? When God brings people together, it's to accomplish a greater purpose than what man can make. Amen. When God brings people together, when God brings men and women together, when God brings sons and daughters together, something powerful is supposed to take place through that union. Oh, I'm giving God praise right now for what he's doing through divine connections. And it was for their seed. It was for their descendants. Well, you say, Pastor, well, I'm not, I'm not a Jew. I'm, I'm, I'm not a Hebrew. So is it for me? Well, the Bible says in Galatians, turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. The Bible says that if you are Christ's, then you are what? Abraham's seed. So the, the, the Messianic prophecy in Genesis chapter 22 was speaking of Jesus. Jesus is the seed of Abraham. And if we are in Christ, we are the offspring of the prophecy, the promise that Abraham received in Genesis chapter 22. That in blessing, he will bless us. That in multiplying, he will multiply us. And that we would have the power to possess the gates of our enemies. Isn't that good news? Simply because I'm in Christ. Now, some of you don't understand the significance of this, but it's very important that you understand what a gate is. And uh, especially what a gate represented, now, not just in the Old Testament, but even in the New Testament. Gates are symbolic because gates, the, 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 you know, every city, every ancient city, they had uh, walls that surrounded the city to protect them from invaders. But not only that, they had these walls uh, uh, to protect them from getting out of their security. Amen, somebody. And so in order to enter into the city, there was a gate. There was a gate that was designed. And uh, the gate was for entry and exit. Uh, entry 
for those that were called to be in the city and exit for those that were called to be out. Now watch this. There's something significant about this. Gates were very, very important because gates were not just for entry. Uh, as a matter of fact, put the picture up, the photo. Uh, this is a picture of the, the gates of Jerusalem. Um, it's not too fancy looking, but you're, you're seeing that there are people uh, entering into those gates. Uh, before they enter into the gates, you, you had to have the proper identification in order to enter. Uh, they would check your boarding pass and all these different things. This is modern today, but even during uh, the, the ancient times, there was a process of entering into the gates. Why? Because something very significant happened in the gates. The gates uh, were, were like a corridor, if you will. It was a place where business took place. It was a place where uh, transactions took place. It was a place where legal issues were settled. It was in the gates. Uh, if you read the book of Genesis, chapter 19, I believe it is, uh, before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, there were three angels that were sent to, to, to Sodom, but they had to go through the gate of Sodom before they can pass you know, or come into that city. It, it was an entryway. If you read the book of Nehemiah, there were all kinds of gates. There, there, there were fish gates. There were sheep gates. There were animal gates. So there were gates um, specifically for animals to come into so they can come into the city. Uh, gates, uh, they, they, they had so, many, so much significance of gates. Boaz, before he married Ruth, had to uh, uh, sign the deal at the gates. How many of you are understanding spiritually where I'm going? It, it was a place where commerce took place. It was a place where government was. It was a place where business uh, uh, took place and transactions and all kinds of, of wonderful things took place in the gates. Even in the New Testament, there was a man who was lame from birth. The Bible says he was healed at the gate called beautiful. There's something important about gates that God wants you to understand. Uh, when the Bible gives the promise or the prophecy that Abraham and his descendants, amen, would possess the gates of his enemies, God is letting us know in Christ that we have the power and the authority to possess the gates of our modern uh, world and the things that God has designed for us to take over. Now, do you realize that being a Christian... It's more than just having a t-shirt saying, I'm a Christian. Being a Christian is more than just coming to church, clapping your hand, falling out, and going home. Amen. I want you to understand, and I want to submit to you that if you are a Christian, if you are a child of God, God has called you to take over some things. He's called you to come into some places. He's called you to be a kingdom representative. But what is the enemy trying to do today? He's trying to keep the Christians out from possessing all that God says is ours. He doesn't want us to come into the business world. He doesn't want us to come into the entertainment world. He doesn't want us, amen, to influence religion and help people understand that it's about Christ. He doesn't want us to come into government. 
He doesn't want us to come into these seven mountains of kingdom influence. Amen. Where media, where business, where family, amen, where, where government is concerned. Do you realize as people of God, we are to have influence in these seven societal influences of our world? I believe that God calls certain people, not everybody, but certain people to be in government. God calls certain people, amen, uh, to be in business. God calls certain people uh, to come into different levels and, and, and to come into different spheres. Why? Because God has equipped you. He has empowered you. He has entrusted you to come into these places. But the enemy will always make sure there is a gate, there is a barrier that you won't come through. How many of you hear what I'm saying? Although there are physical barrier, uh, barriers or physical entrances or entryways that we should come into, there are spiritual barriers that the enemy will set up to prevent us from coming into these physical places. Some of you don't realize that God has called you, amen, to, to influence of people. He's called you to influence maybe your workplace. He's called you to influence your community, to influence your neighborhood. But there is a barrier that's keeping you from going into that new territory. I'm declaring that the barrier the enemy has designed to keep you out is being broken down right now in the name of Jesus. You know who you are in Christ. If you know what you have in Christ, you can break through the barrier. And that's what prayer and fasting is all about. If you want to inherit, amen, this promise of the blessing of Abraham and possessing the gates of uh, your enemies, you, ha you have to know how to position yourself to receive that breaker's anointing so that you can break through the gates. And it's time for you to be a movement. It's time for you to be on the offense and possess all that God has in store for you. And watch this. It's not just for you. It's for your offspring. It's for your children. And it's for your children's children. There's supposed to be a generational cycle of blessing that's to take place in your life, in your family. Come on, give God praise. When Jesus said, about his church. He said, upon this rock, this revelation, I will build my church. You don't have to like the church, but I love my church. Yes. Come on. He says that I'm going to build my church. I'm going to stay committed. And how does he build his church today? He builds his church through us. We become the building blocks, amen, for God to use us to build his church. He's using our hands to build his church. He's using our feet to build his church. He's using our smile to build his church. He's using our seed to build his church. He's using our resources to build his church. And he said, upon this rock, upon this revelation, I will build my church. And the gates of hell won't be able to stop you. Watch this what God has placed upon you by way of his anointing. The anointing is going to be like a locomotive train against the enemy because you're coming through. Tell somebody, say, I'm coming through. Come on, tell them like you mean it. Say, I'm coming through. That breakthrough anointing is going to be like a locomotive train that's going to cause you to burst through the gates of hell. 
The enemy's trying to keep you back from that promotion, but the breaker's anointing is going to be upon you, and you're going to break through that promotion. He's trying to keep the multiplication back, the increase back, but the breaker's anointing is coming upon you, and you're going to break through into that multiplied anointing factor for your life. You're going to break through into that career. You're going to break through into that ministry. You're going to break through into that destiny. You're going to break through into the places that God has called you to be. Oh, I'm getting ready to break through may not be everybody but somebody God has anointed you yes to sit at the table God has empowered you to have influence. God is using your voice to make a difference. God is using your influence, amen, to impact rules, to impact policy, to impact laws and regulations. Why? Because God has designed it that way. And what God has ordained, can't no devil, can't no man, can't no woman stop it. Because it's yours. And it's not for everybody. God has anointed you to have influence with kings and queens and presidents and governors. Come on, somebody. Amen. But some of you don't want to dine, amen, with kings and queens. You want to settle in the alley eating pork and beans. But God's will for you is so much greater than the alley. So God's will for you is so much greater than where you are. God wants to use you to influence people so that his will and his purposes and his plans can prevail for such a time as this. This is not the time for us to sit back and let the devil do what he wants to do. Slap you upside the head. Let the enemy take over everything. No, God wants to raise you up so that you can break through the gates of hell and take back what the devil has stolen from you. I wish somebody would stand up right now and give God a breakthrough praise because you're about to take over some things. You're about to take over some things. I said you're getting ready to take over some things. God says the barrier is being broken. Beginning today, you're going to see barriers broken in your life. You're going to see barriers broken in your family. You're going to see barriers broken in your church. You're going to see barriers broken in your ministry. You're going to see barriers broken in your neighborhood. Why? The anointing, the breakthrough anointing, is going to break every barrier, every limitation off of your life. Give God a praise. We hope you are blessed by this life-changing message. If you're ever in the area, come join us at one of our services. We are Living Life Church of Lafayette, located at 2768 Northeast Evangeline Thruway in Lafayette, Louisiana. Stay connected to livinglife.cc and discover all the great things happening at our church. Until next time, continue to live life the way God designed.